Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. My name's Helen. And I'm Alex. And today we're just going to dive straight into it, guys. There's no hanging around with a topic like this. It is difficult. Some see it as a bit dirty. Some see it as a bit untoward. Today, we're going to talk about money. Money, money, money. <laughs> As I think all of us in this industry know, well, actually, just flipping out worldwide, money is what makes that world go round. I think we would all agree, though, that in the arts, money can sometimes be quite hard to come by. Saying that, the tricky thing I think about money in our industry in particular is that we don't really talk about money very much. We don't talk about how to support properly the people working in the industry. We don't talk about how to help people when they're starting out in their career. We don't talk about the, once you're in the career, the inconsistency of your financial status. And so we're going to try and unpack a few of these things in today's episode. We're going to start off by talking about education. We're then going to move on and have a bit of a chat about money in terms of auditions. Following that, we'll talk about money over the course of one's artistic career. And then we're going to close with a bit more of a general discussion about how in a society where wealth is considered so, so important, why is it that we in the arts aren't able to find a way of making money that allows us to be both secure and stable. So let's not delay. We're going to crack straight on into it, people, and start off with education. All righty, education. Now, in terms of this topic, I think Alex and I wanted to talk about education in all forms so mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. being a very very young child right through to kind of further higher education be that master's level be that a, a postdoctorate you know whoever you are and whatever you're doing um yeah it's undeniable you need money in the arts um even when you're a kid you know if it's in terms of learning an instrument, you need the money to pay for the lessons. You might need the money to buy or hire the instrument. Moving on from that point, I remember being shown like various courses and programs, but you know, you, they all costed money. So much. It costed, yeah, it costed money to, to stay at the place. It costed money to pay for the tuition. And with things like that in mind, it always kind of... Um, well, depending on who you are, I think often money can hold you back because you look at these big, big prices and you think, well, I can't afford that. And so I'm, I'm going to have to kind of let this opportunity pass me by. And mm -hmm. I think right at the very start then of your career, you know, you're a child at that point, you're a young adult. Money is defining what you can and cannot do. I think that's a shame and I think that's frustrating. And I know that there are lots of programs out there that are passionately working to try and get, you know, young people experiencing opportunities in the arts for as little cost as possible. I think those, you know, organizations should be lauded. They should be applauded. I know now in choral courses, you can get a bursary to go on that kind mm -hmm. of thing. I also know, you know, companies like Neville Hall Opera, they're working with young children and really trying to take them from the school through the kind of, entire career process of what it is to become an operatic singer so there are definitely really really awesome initiatives out there and that's amazing but it's not easy is it I don't know how you kind of felt growing up Alex in terms of like 
money and how maybe that affected your education or what you did and didn't do? Uh, yeah, I remember my teacher suggesting lots of orchestral courses or whatever to go on. And yeah, it was always that issue that, I don't know, a week in, I don't know, they always seem to be in like Wellington College or somewhere really weird like that. Um, a week there would cost, I don't know, a grand and a half. Uh, and it's like, hmm... Are we really happy to pay for that on top of lessons, on top of all of that? And I think, well, what what my mum realised very quickly and what I have learned to do as well is like, just ask, ask immediately. Like, is there any, uh, uh, is there, is there room for like a bursary or or a scholarship or something like that? Um, And more often than not, they, they sort of directed you in. In the right place. Well, in, in a direction. Anyway, mm-hmm. and whether mm-hmm. it works or not, whatever. Uh, yeah, there, there always seemed to be a person or a source that could help. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of that was often it's like, oh, we know this person and maybe that person can help. And, you know, using connections and things, which obviously so many people don't have those connections to use. And it makes it quite like an exclusive pot of money in a way, but we still used it. Um because we knew, because, you know, it meant that I had those opportunities. Because, as you said, otherwise you are so held back, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, to 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 enter for an exam, it costs, like, £80, pounds, doesn't it, an ABRSM1? Yeah. And, yeah. like, obviously I did so many grades on so many instruments. So, you know, <laughs> it just added up to a lot, didn't it? Yeah, I, I remember similarly, like, as a kid, you know, you're just trying all these different instruments because you want to see maybe, like, what fits or because you're enjoying it. And then the thought that you know, we, we were so exam bound and to apply for each exam, as you say, it's money per each instrument, then there's theory and you're supposed to be taking exams in that theory. as well. And it's like, it really does. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I mean, depending who you are, <laughs> you do your theory exams, but these things really, really add up. But I think you make a really great point there, which is something I never did and still actually have trouble doing. You asked, mm. you asked mm-hmm. if there was the possibility and that is our like, First major kind of tip point, I think, as we start to talk about money in education, ask. Ask if there is any flexibility. And if there isn't flexibility, ask, as you say, is there a bursary? Is there a funding pot? Is there an additional source of money that you can kind of look to and access? Because it just seems so outrageous that, well, it's not outrageous because it's how we all live our lives, isn't it? That money kind of restricts us from doing certain things and from being able to to kind of participate in certain areas of life. And I think to follow up that point of asking, which is so, so important, um, you know, obviously we've both been through masters in the uh, British education system and it's it's no uh, secret that the amount of money you're given by the government to do your master's course literally doesn't even touch the surface mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of living costs and paying for tuition fees and everything else that comes alongside with that kind of further education. And obviously, yes, there are bursaries in, in various schools and institutions and there are also scholarships, but there aren't enough for everybody and that's um difficult and that can feel frustrating when perhaps you see people accessing money and and scholarships and bursaries that you can't get to but you know fear not dear listener i'm i'm here to help having done a hell of a lot of like fundraising in the last kind of five or six years of my life there are trusts and there are big big funds in the uk that's 
you know, their, their mission and their objective is to support people who are starting out or kind of finding their feet in their careers in the arts. Um, there are things like the Funding Wizard on the Help Musicians UK website and you can go in there and kind of choose your various settings, i.e. Um, the genre of music you're in, the stage that you're at and what you kind of need the money for and it'll give you this kind of drop-down list of various bits of pieces that you can check out and see kind of what works for you. There's also the Alternative Guide to Postgraduate Funding. You have to be part of a school in the UK in order to access that website. However, you know, if you've enrolled at an institution you can then log into this site and it's a really really similar thing you put your details in and it throws up a huge Mm -hmm. huge number Mm -hmm. of trusts it's often really really bizarre ones you know it's like (laughs) do you live in a tiny town in Derbyshire and is your surname Brian and you have brown hair because if you do we want to fund you it's it's incredibly niche and it does take a long time to drill through all of them and be like, oh, okay, well, my name's Maybe not, not Brian. Like, Oops. oh, okay, I don't have brown hair. And then some of them, you're looking at them and you're like, could I dye my hair and change <laughs> my name and maybe access this pot of money? But, you know, that being said, it just offers you a heck of a like a lot more opportunities. And I remember, you know, starting that kind of two years of my master's, I sent out tens of tens of tens of letters to trust funds Mm -hmm. and you know i think they probably say in terms of like putting out funding applications you probably succeed in maybe 20 to 25 percent of the applications you put out and that's a really good rule of thumb to go by so if you need x amount of money then you need to apply for four times that in order to even stand a chance Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, kind of putting mm -hmm. yourself in the right place to get that money um and the one other little uh funding tip that i would suggest is um there's a directory and it's called the directory of social change and the idea is that it is the biggest catalogue of all the kind of trusts and funds in the United Kingdom. Normally it's like a kind of hard copy, but now I think they've started doing it online. And more often than not, you have to subscribe to have access to it. However, if you don't want to pay your subscription fee, which people like us Mm -hmm. probably don't want to and what you can do is make an appointment to go into their headquarters and they're based up in Highbury Mm -hmm. and you get a kind of three to four hour slot where you can search and it's again really similar thing put your details in the machine and it fires back trusts and funds at you and I've done it quite a few times and it's just throw me ideas that the other two options haven't and um, obviously you know if you're not based in London maybe that's a bit frustrating but say that trip into London secures you £5,000 of money that you don't have to pay back to anyone I think that is a trip to London well worth making and you can come and see me as well how fun would that be hi <laughs> so don't come okay <laughs> no, no I think I think you're absolutely right as in there are there are all of these uh, resources available aren't there and also like bizarrely accessible although uh, despite the brian one that you mentioned it's just like o- often often people um they find the resource and they keep it secret they don't want to tell yes. anyone else because yes. they, don't, they don't want other competition you know to, yes. for that source so uh, and similarly with networking and uh, and potential like individual people donors 
people, again, like keep that quite secret and close to them and don't tell anyone about it because they're like, it's mine, it's mine. I don't want to share it. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to lose the money. And it's like, mm, let's let's just all have the confidence to to share and to yeah. talk. And then and then, you know, we can all benefit from this pot. Yeah, absolutely. We always complain about it being so exclusive. And if that's the case, then let's share the resources that we have available to mm, us. And mm-hmm. I think we're not wrong in saying that money is a really big factor throughout the course of our education. But I also am a big believer in that there is funding out there. It does take a bit of time and it does take a bit of hard work to to secure it. But to be in a position where somebody's able to financially support you and then you're able to carry on with your studies, you know, that's a really, really great thing. So and I think also, you know, whoever you are listening out there, if you feel that money is like holding you back, then talk to us. Like, I'm not sitting here saying mm-hmm. we're gurus and I'm not sitting here saying that we can solve the problem. But I really hate the thought that somebody's out there wanting to pursue a career in music, but not feeling able to because of their finances. That's just not right. So yeah, let's agreed. let's help one another. This is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Once again, this is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Obviously, something that we all huh, go through as singers is auditions. Now, the really double fun thing about auditions, despite being really stressful, is that every single audition tends to cost loads of money as well. Isn't that great? I just love that about it so much. You know, pay to panic. Yeah, pay. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> such a good motto. I love it. Um, you know, uh, auditions for, for, for jobs or something, but also if you want to take part in a competition as well, you know, every, every single step of the way you're paying, well, it's always like quote unquote admin fees. It's like, "Mm, how much does this admin person get paid? Wow. Like I want their salary. It's amazing. Uh, And for example, I don't know, mm, even with video auditions now. Uh, various educational establishments in the UK are still charging like more than a hundred pounds to submit a video audition and on average 30 seconds of the audition tape is listened to. I mean, this is across the board for, for, I don't know, pop music and other things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, drama, theatre. Yeah, 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 everything. But I'm sure some of that is classical music and like how how depressing to you've you've obviously paid for the studio space and recording equipment or however you've done it you've paid your audition fee of 120 quid whatever it is and then they've listened to 30 seconds of it 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 is quite crushing isn't it when you think about it it's so fun i love it i love my career (laughs) but again it's you know how how can we how can we view this in a positive just like you said you know ask maybe Mm -hmm. ask the institution for help Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know would, would, is that something that they would do probably not I don't even know what I'm saying um, you're like I don't know probably <laughs> I don't not know, probably not <laughs> but that's what these funding bodies are for right these trust funds you know if you get a pot of five grand then I don't know 99.9% of that can go on audition fees and then like 0.1% on one lesson maybe if you're lucky <laughs> on, a, on a tin of beans for Ooh, dinner yummy <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right like we've talked about auditions countless times now on our little podcast auditions are incredibly expensive and there's an exclusivity sense there in that say you don't get in the first time round, and as we talked about in the past you know that doesn't mean you're a bad musician just you know them's the breaks of that particular period you're then the following year having to put the same amount of money into that pot to try and get in again and you, you know that's that's tough to keep 
sourcing that kind of capital year on year is is not easy because they are so so expensive and if you if you're attempting to apply to all the conservatoires in the UK that's you know let's say six or seven institutions each of them charging somewhere around 100 to 120 pounds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a heck of a lot of money and i mean even if you're not trying to get in, maybe you're you're looking for a specific uh young artist program you have to pay again for those audition fees and in many many cases even if you don't get past the first round uh you know they don't even refund you the no, cost. No, no, no. You know, it's like, oh, you've submitted all of this stuff. Um, yeah, you won't be coming for a live audition, but you did still pay eighty-five pounds uh-huh. for the experience of uploading a video to a really slow, <laughs> slow platform. platform. I mean, you are welcome. I don't. I don't think that's right. And I. I think in the future there has to be a way that auditioning becomes less cost-heavy because. I think in a way you can kind of see the point that yes, your education costs money because you're paying for a lot of services mm-hmm. and you're paying for time there and that all costs fees and that's all fair. But I think in terms of auditions, right, yes, there might be the panel's time and there might be an administration fee, but I'm still yet to understand how that could possibly equate to £120 a person, particularly, as you've mentioned there, Alex, when things are online. So, you know, If you're institutions and you're out there listening, I mean, I don't know why you are, but it'd be really good if you were. Mm -hmm. This is something we really need to tackle head on because, again, when we all sit there and talk about wanting to make our industry more open and more inclusive, these are massive, massive issues. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, yeah, we're trying to offer kind of positives to, to these difficult situations. And for me, actually, I think one positive was, although video auditions can cost money, they are less expensive than, you know, I'm talking particularly like in an international sense. Um, if you manage to kind of do one day of recording three arias and they are then the three arias that you can use for your, for the countless number of auditions you're mm-hmm, applying for, mm-hmm. whether that be in the UK or abroad, you are saving some costs there. And certainly for me at the moment, I'm based out in Switzerland and the process to get into this institution was entirely online. Now, I, I, at the time, could never really have paid for all the costs to fly out there, stay out here, live, audition, come back, whatever. You know, it was a fee for me to upload the video, but in doing that, I'm now in this position. So I'm not saying that I really want video auditions to be the kind of way to go forward. However, if it does kind of open up potentially, like, greater opportunities for us like you know maybe I could audition for this program by submitting a video and then if they call me to go in person I could speak to them about whether they could financially help me or not I think that's a really really good thing and I suppose I hope that in the UK if video auditions do become a thing we kind of get out of the habit of paying hundreds and hundreds of pounds for them Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. wild um so for me video auditions they're a big big positive And then secondly, as we were talking about before there, uh, I named three kind of big, big directories for funding. And again, it might take time and it might take effort, but if money is stopping you from from applying to various schools and places that you want to go, get looking in these directories, get looking for bodies of support. Because actually I think the other brilliant thing is if you manage to get funding from a trust or or you know, support body, 
you then start to build a relationship with that body. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to kind of keep talking to them um, in the in the kind of months after your your grant's been given to report back and say, this is why I'm doing, this is why I've been up to, this is what's going really well. In a year's time, if you're needing further support, that is a really, really good place to immediately go back to and be like, hey, you know, thanks for funding my master's degree. I'm now applying to this program here and it costs this much for me to do it. You know, is there any way you can help me in this next step? And I think because you've already built that relationship and you've already built that rapport, you're in a better position then to kind of quicker in a way ask for that for that money that you that you really want and need but um i think you know we recognize it's it's not easy i'm sitting here making it sound like uh oh it's so easy i don't know what you're yeah, talking about a smooth a up, smooth yeah. smooth process there's a lot of stress but you know it does work and it does get you kind of you know the end result there that are you ways want. no no i think i think definitely the um the video auditions for international competitions or auditions are brilliant i think because before, I remember, uh, yeah, you would always, I don't know, say your audition slot was at midday in Germany. I don't know, deepest, darkest Germany somewhere. You're probably, you're probably going to want to, well, unless you're mental, you don't want to travel at 4am <laughs> and then arrive, uh, I don't know, warm up on the train or the plane oh, and then sing immediately. <laughs> You'll have to go the day before, stay somewhere overnight, maybe even have to stay and now the night as well, in case you get through to the second round. Sorry, not in case. Obviously, you will. <laughs> Funny. Um, and then, you know, that that's a lot, isn't it? Compared to now, you can just like, pop, video online, yep. done, done. And then, and then if they want you for a second round, you can go seriously. And you can, yeah. you can spend the time and money doing it. But yeah, absolutely. I think it's brilliant now that, that we, 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 we lose that. You're at least like saving some of those extraneous costs. Like, again, as we say, we appreciate recording these videos cost money. We're not uh, blind to that. Mm. But as you say, if you're able to save all of that initial kind of chunk of, of cost, I think as well, like we were talking about, say you apply for a competition in the first round, for example, 12 o'clock or whatever, and you've had to stay and then you've you've competed and say you don't get through to the second round. That's a heck of a lot of money. Oh, yeah to have just done your one piece and then and then fly back home whereas at least again with these international competitions you're putting forward what your best foot your best video foot forward and and yeah being able to save some money mm -hmm. in in the meantime mm -hmm. and i think also well you know we remember the episode we did on networking and everything i think do i <laughs> do we all right as you said once you're in with the funds don't be scared to then like find the find the important people within that funding body yep. and talk yep. to them and and make the connection rather than yep. being like oh you're just like that fabulous but random counter tenor um, yeah. uh, and and you don't actually know who it is giving the money or why they are you know try yeah. you use the networking skills to find out who they are what they do you know approach them individually it doesn't matter what just to become part of their family more rather than like, oh, another whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're doing, you know, if you're performing, invite them, you know, really, really work mm -hmm, on that connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like make sure they come and they can see where their money's going because, you know, that's the whole point of the funding to support your performing career or, yeah. you know, musical career. Ah, I'm changing. Alrighty, moving on from education and auditions and into the long, never-ending career. A career as an artist is 
tough and I was thinking about how to describe the various reasons why it's financially tough and the thing that really kind of stuck with me is in comparison to a more let's say stable job or corporate job however you want to call it you know there are jobs in which you you take a role in a company and you're shown a ladder a ladder which in theory you probably want to work up and maybe if you don't enjoy that job you take a sidestep into another company and then you work your way up that ladder Mm -hmm. as you work your way up the ladder in theory your wages and the amount of money that you make kind of rises with the time you spend there with the responsibility you take on there with you moving up in position but obviously a career in the arts any freelance career really when you think about it um does not work like that because one you don't have an established structure for you to kind of move up in two oftentimes it can look like you're you know moving your way up the ladder like you're taking better gigs and you're doing better opportunities but sometimes that really doesn't relate in the financials Mm. and I think you know kind of in relation to that say you are actually having a really brilliant time in your career there's a year where all the good gigs are coming through and all the good recordings are coming through and you're actually making money and you think to yourself oh my god I did it I bloody made it this is it but then two years time it's a it's a less busy time for you or you're doing work that involves more research and therefore less performing and therefore less money Mm. that stability is kind of gone and and you're you're in a place where you know you might be really enjoying what you're doing and it might be really fulfilling you but actually you're just not making as much money so in comparison to the stable career where the money just gets more and more and more year on year on year a career as an artist you just you cannot guarantee that in any way whatsoever so these things they're they're difficult and they're doubly difficult when we're in a world where life just gets continuously more expensive Mm -hmm. and the bills just keep coming out. The rent just has to bloody be paid. And I think that's something that, again, we don't talk about. We really shy away from this conversation about money in our careers, partly because it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Who really wants to sit there and talk about money, how much money they have, how much money they don't have, whatever. But yeah exactly but I think in us feeling uncomfortable in talking about it we're we're not helping each other in terms of like I don't know like maybe you could kind of come together with a group sharing of ideas and together talking about oh right that's not really working for you well have you thought about this and oh okay so so you know you're in a really strong financial position at the moment are you kind of putting money away for for the next couple of years on the basis that you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dear listener, fret not. <laughs> because a fair while back, we offered you a, a sweet, sweet episode on the portfolio career. And mm. for me, this is really where the portfolio career shines. Mm-hmm. Because you've got your creative output. You've got your creative element. That is the, let's say, unpredictable element. But alongside that, you might have something that allows you a bit more of a stable income. And we talked about, you know, whether that be tutoring, whether that be teaching, whether that be administration, whether that be... Copy editing, whatever. Exactly, yeah. Whatever you're doing, using that kind of breadth of of skills that you have in that portfolio career to mean that, yes, okay, this is the unstable bit, but over here here is the stable bit mm-hmm, and hopefully mm-hmm. you're able to kind of try and manage those two side by side so like when things are quiet with your 
performing career you're able to really kind of focus a lot of your energies into that alternative career and you know I think really depends who you are but in my mind the idea of the portfolio career is that you do have stable elements of it mm -hmm, you know it's mm -hmm. not just five different kinds of performing Random. that you do <laughs> um, I think you know the need the portfolio career needs to have those different elements so something that can, can always kind of be there no matter what you know whether there's a pandemic this this part of the career still stands whether you know you're doing lots of performing or whatever this other element of your career still stands yeah I suppose often I, I think for some people they do find their lives more like fulfilling when they're working on m multiple things at once you know it's not just all singing it's not just all audio editing it is a combination it is a melting pot of all these things now it's not for everybody but I think it is for many people and and if you're concerned about your career <laughs> which I am <laughs> I don't know never never worried at all if you're concerned about finances and your career in the arts then maybe the portfolio career is you know mm -hmm, a positive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. step forward for you well, I, I totally agree with that. You know, once once you have other things going on in your life, uh, portfolio career-wise, I don't know, other stresses as well, it takes away... Once <laughs> <laughs> you have other relationship <laughs> issues in your life. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it's it stops you Sorry. it stops you obsessing over, say, just singing, doesn't it? Because yes. it's like, yes. well, I... I physically and mentally got to park that for now because yeah. I've got to do my other job and that is so good for you and it's so good for singing and to stop you getting into a rut I think I think both of us are quite quite rut heavy in our approach to life you know love to oh. dig ourselves in like clamber out yeah. it's really tough just let me get stuck please <laughs> so having those other very welcome distractions which are also it's very satisfying doing something which you know that you can rely on and yeah. that by relying on that, it, it means that you can be much, much, much freer with your singing. And, yep. you know, you can take the time, as we've said in the Portfolio Career episode, one of my favorites, um, you know, it does allow you to explore maybe options that you wouldn't otherwise consider because financially you just can't make it work. Whereas yeah. if, if you have the freedom, the financial freedom, say like, you know what, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to do this wild thing um, for no money at all. Then you can do it, right? <laughs> it's great. Yes, yes. I think that's really, really true. Just a quick final final note on this bit of the career-driven money part. Um, boop, boop. Obviously, as freelancers, we're used to sending invoices to people. Uh, and often people are very bad at paying these invoices. Mm. And it's like months mm. later and you're like, hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> I would I would highly recommend. Um, I now put it at the bottom of my invoices. It's like it's like a clause which it says like oh if you are post thirty days of paying this then you it, this invoice will accrue an interest rate of like eight percent every yeah. day or week or whatever it is according to late payments of Commercial Debts Act. So it's a legally binding thing. And if you if you type into to Google musicians union invoicing then it'll mm. give you the exact phrase to put in just on the bottom of your invoice and then they will pay you within the month and if they don't nice. you can add eight percent it's great and then you can make more money yay that is good Al. Mm, but no one knows about it it's really bad this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup once again this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup I think for our last section now, we were we want to talk about how often 
certain prestigious things or may seem very prestigious or for example jobs or young artist schemes or programs they're considered extremely good to do and you think gosh that singer's doing so well they're on like x young artist program wow how are they there they must you know they must be rolling in it now and actually haha they're not paid at all some of them I said it at the start and I'll say it again, you know, sadly money does make the world go round mm. and I'm not sitting here being like, hello, I'm little miss capitalism. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel that way at all, but you need money uh, to live your life. And as you get a bit older or whatever, I sound really old now, not that old guys, don't worry. You are. Um, but as you, yeah, as you get a bit older, I suppose people start to think about what they want. Now mm. for some people, maybe they don't want certain things that cost money and um, they're driving for a very specific kind of life. And, and that's, that's really, really brilliant. But I think what can be tricky is computing the fact that you're trying to make strides in this career, doing this thing that you really, really love, but actually that is never really going to equate to financial stability. And we have been brought up and educated in a world that really values financial stability so how do we uh how do we marry these two things together the fact that yes i've i've put years and years and years of my time and energy into this thing but that's not going to give me this mm -mm. other thing which i kind of just figured would naturally develop alongside and um i do think it's a real shame that young artist programs uh across this country in particular are so poorly supported because it really makes you kind of question how they value the time of the people that they've brought on the program and I think that's something you could consider about you know music and the arts in, in general. general you know often to do a project you'll be given a full project fee mm -hmm. and the breakdown of the rehearsals comes after you see the amount of money and you know sometimes you can sit there and break down the you know the full fee by hour of actually what you're getting paid and it is do that. it is pittance now i don't think either of us are in this industry for the money i mean if i was in anything mm. for money i would not be in music do you know what i mean but i do think there are points where it does take the piss a bit and i certainly think about the fact that you know i've i've taken music as an art form very seriously for over a decade now and I have never, ever made more than like £24,000 a year. Mm. And that, that is that is not <laughs> a clang. And we both know it. And I, I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, raise everybody's wages immediately. Just do it. Get it done. But it, there's something wrong. There's something wrong that, you know, I think they talk about the, the, the kind of general fee of like an orchestral musician. And like they say that, it will never rise above £35,000. That's kind of the the, mm, the top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you then have to make certain considerations in mind when you accept that like, okay, well, that's my, my kind of top salary and that's how this is going to work. And I remember when like all these young artist schemes kind of started coming in. I mean, that would have been what, maybe five, six years ago? I don't mm, know. And mm -hmm. I remember people saying that in a lot of cases actually, 
the great thing about young artists was that they were bringing in new talent, but they didn't have to pay them as much. And so like they were getting all these roles and positions in various productions and whatever, and they were bumping out mm -hmm, the slightly mm -hmm. older rung of musicians who they would have had to pay full fee mm -hmm. because they were like a, a contracted a artist. Person. Whereas, yeah, in starting this scheme, they were able to kind of say that it was, well, educational exactly. and beneficial and good for their development. And so we'll, we'll you know, pay them some kind of fee, but not that much. And I think that's really tough because once you've done your young artist scheme and whatever, and okay, you've survived on the small fee they've given you, you're then in that next person's position where it's like, okay, well, I'm now not a young artist. I did that bit. I'm now in the difficult position because I'm not on a scheme. You'd have to pay me more to hire me, but surely you'll just hire the next young artist exactly. that's, that's of course. come in and, and, uh, and, and see them along their way. And I suppose again, coming back to that portfolio career, for me, that's additionally why it's so, so, so important because we all need some kind of financial support out there. And, and if you aren't going to be able to find it in the creative way that you do, you have to be able to find it elsewhere. Mm. Having said that, I don't think that therefore means you should just accept any old fee as it comes to you. And again, making a comparison to people in kind of corporate careers, you know, you see them charged by the hour between hundreds and thousands of pounds for their time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think about that and I, my head cannot get round it. The idea that like in an hour they've made 500 pounds by just using their expertise. Yeah, what? And I'm like, I have expertise. I have stuff that I know and I'm just giving it away <laughs> for, for, no, for nothing. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you could sit there and say to me, well, I chose to go into the arts. Fair play. I hear what you're saying. But are you telling me that my time and my expertise and my thoughts are therefore of no Zero. value? Zero, yes. Yeah, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. I will not stand for it. I, I know, don't believe I, that yeah. at all. And I, there was a time uh, in the height of the pandemic, height of lockdown, when no one had any work, as in no, no singers and performers at all. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, I'm, I'm, they realized their worth. And they were like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to work anymore for, I don't know, £100 for five hours of work or something. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like we've all kind of Might forgotten, have forgotten that. that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> everyone's, everyone is, I guess, everyone's desperate for work again. And yeah. companies know this. And companies, well, some companies have obviously lost out a lot of money. So therefore have a smaller pot in order to share it between all the singers. But, mm -hmm. but like sorry, I refuse to work for the same company as I did pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, it was on a pretty low wage. Now it's half of that. Like, I, I flat out refuse to do that now. Like, yeah. I have some self-worth. Uh, sorry. I think that's totally, that's totally fair. We spent the pandemic being like, gosh, you know, I was working really, really hard for next to nothing. Mm. But then work came back and we were like yeah great work and it's like oh okay so everything we said we were going to try and think about we've just let go yeah, again totally immediately I'm, i i can't remember who but someone was talking about training to be an opera singer and they were like being an opera singer is the only other career for which you train the same length of time as a surgeon <laughs> you do you know what i mean it's it's roughly 10 years mm. to kind of go from your i don't know your initial masters through to being like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 
you've put all the time and effort in and the the financial recompense that you're receiving for that is is so highly highly questionable now of course you know different countries they have different kind of values of, mm-hmm. of culture and and therefore the wages could be far far different and you know that's it's good to see and kind of makes you realize that there are there are different values of culture in different countries mm. and around the world mm-hmm. and um obviously like the uk has such a huge number of opportunities and it makes it such a kind of hot pot for culture and such a thriving place for kind of you know the forefront of whatever's going on artistically but i think yeah just to kind of close out on what you say there i like you know you're worth and i think something that we're trying to drive home today is you you whoever you are mm. have value and worth as an artist not just in a kind of self-esteem sense but in a financial sense and you know if you get to 40 and you thought oh crap i didn't even think about the money before this point Mm. i'm not sure that's the best call you know especially in this day and age it's worth thinking about the money a little bit before that and hopefully we have given you a few thoughts there as to how you can access some different pots of money whether that be speaking to individuals whether that be trawling through the various websites for the trusts and foundations out there that can support you whether that be submitting a video audition before you know you head on out to i don't know columbia and spend thousands of pounds on that on that classic classic audition or whether that be yeah putting time and energy into developing a portfolio career rather than just focusing in only on the kind of creative part of the craft these are all things that i think are incredibly important in our career in terms of money Mm. but i think closing out from my end an important thing for me would be that we actually just start talking about money more openly because yeah we don't and the more that we don't i think the more we can almost be screwed over because we don't talk about how much we get paid for various bits of work. Therefore, you know, a, a contractor can kind of offer one artist one fee and another artist another because they know they'll never talk about it. Exactly. And then you end up in this really uncomfortable position where one person tried to negotiate the fee and got themselves a thousand pounds and the other person just panicked and took the 250 pounds that was initially offered mm-hmm. to them. Whoops. And also sometimes you're told don't mention this to the other cast members. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if you're told that, do, do mention it. Talk about it publicly. (laughs) In the middle, maybe in the middle of the dress rehearsal, just stop it and say, (laughs) guys, this is what I'm getting paid. What are you having? Yeah, I agree. All cast, all cast, this is your five minute call. Repeat, all cast, all cast, this is your five minute call. I hope that having listened to this, dear listener, then you you will you have the tools to to help yourself monetary fiscally to use that word anyway um, get in touch with all your lovely ideas uh, all of your pots of money that you want to give us thanks very much um, I'd personally recommend writing a nice email to us our email address is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com we also have our website of course which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com and we have social media we are on twitter at dressing room po1 we are on facebook forward slash dressing room pod and we're on instagram at dressing room pod yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. Um, how do you find 
you know, funding your career? How do you find kind of making the financial side of things work? Please let us know. Give us your thoughts. Also, um, we've had some shout outs for an episode uh, specifically on kind of funding mm-hmm. and how to find funding. So if you want to know more, if you're interested in more on this kind of topic, let us know. We can mm-hmm. do an episode mm-hmm. solely mm-hmm. on finding that sweet, sweet cash Imagine. to make your career pop. So good. Um, but yeah, I think that's enough from us. You know, don't forget to do the usual. Subscribe. Uh, five star Give review. us five stars. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there was some kind of review in there. Five stars, obviously. Two. What else? And um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you very soon for another episode. Goodbye. Bye.